0: Beer Edge has partnered with Pro Brewer to bring original articles to probrewer.com twice a week, covering issues important to the beer industry and aimed at helping breweries of all sizes understand different facets of the business. Check out our articles on probrewer.com every Tuesday and Thursday, and visit the site daily for other original content and to stay connected with the beer industry. Welcome to Drink Beer Think Beer, the podcast that gets to the bottom of every pint. I'm John Hall. To Pittsburgh this week, and a conversation with Andrew Witchie of Dancing Gnome about the city's beer DNA, ditching sours, creating a welcoming space, and finding that perfect lot of hops. But first, all about beer is back online and producing original content for beer enthusiasts and professionals. Visit allaboutbeer.com to see the latest. And if you want to support us in that endeavor, we've set up a Patreon for both readers and professional companies in the beer space. Check out patreon.com/slash/allaboutbeer to learn more. And we're able to bring you this show each week thanks to the companies that support independent journalism in the beer space. Learn more about our surprisingly affordable rates by emailing sponsor at BeerEdge.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Stomp Stickers. Stomp is a proud member of the Brewers Association that produces a wide variety of printed brewery products, such as beer labels, keg collars, coasters, beer boxes, and much more. Stomp's website features an easy to use design tool, low quantity orders, fast turnaround times, and free domestic shipping. Visit StompStickers.com and use code BEEREDGE15 for 15% off of your first order cigar city is also a sponsor of this episode and we're grateful for that and as he does from time to time wayne wambles is here he's cigar city's brewmaster and we're talking about cosmic crown the brewery's strong golden ale so wayne welcome back and for those who are unfamiliar with this beer can you tell us a little bit about it and what folks can expect both flavor and aroma wise
1: yeah sure john uh cosmic crown is a belgian golden style ale and um we wanted to take a unique approach on it. So we actually use galaxy hops for aroma hops, um, which adds a passion fruit sort of characteristic to the existing tropical profile of this beer. Uh, So it's a 9% ABV uh, Belgian golden strong ale, but it drinks deceptively smooth. Um, It's hard to pick up on that, that higher alcohol. Uh, And once again, as with many cigar city brewing beers, it has some tropical elements so pineapple and banana are some of the bigger components uh, that play into that tropical character um, but it also has uh, floral components from the hops that we use there's also a little bit of red apple uh, there's also some phenols so you get a little bit of light clove and a light black pepperiness uh, and you also notice that the the beer has a fairly forward malt sweetness but this is balanced by the floral bitterness that the hops provide. And there's also a touch of spiciness in the finish, I think, that helps balance out the malt sweetness. Uh, One of the unique things about the beer is the the complex fruit characteristics and the spice spice profile that the Belgian yeast creates um, are complemented by the Galaxy Aroma Hops that we use. And the Galaxy Hops uh, aren't really adding any bitterness. They're just adding additional aromatic and flavor depth without throwing the balance of malt sweetness and bitterness off
0: i really dig it it's it's been a lot of fun to drink um over the weekend and even right now as we're talking so thanks wayne we're gonna have more with you at the bottom of the show but now i'm going to encourage everybody to go visit cigarcitybrewing.com where they can learn more about cosmic crown and all of the brewery's other beers sounds great john thanks the Home Brewers Conference was in Pittsburgh two weeks ago, and I had the chance to talk about Rauk beer on a panel while I was there, but I also used my brief time in the city to check out a few spots. The first was Dancing Gnome. Andrew Witchie is the founder and brewer and opened up his new taproom early for a conversation over Kolsch about how the city has evolved beer-wise and where it's heading. He also talks about his appreciation of lagers, his dislike of sours, and how he created a new space that reflects the beers and the brewery's personality. Here's our conversation. In thinking about this trip and coming out to Pittsburgh, which I haven't been here in years, I was thinking about industry, I was thinking about science, I was thinking about the true passion that this city has. And you can talk about passion in every city, and people love where they come from. It feels a little bit more ratcheted up, at least from a national or an outsider's point of view here in Pittsburgh. And then I was looking at the map, and I was saying, okay, I'm in town for a little bit. I want to go visit some breweries. And even just a simple Google search came back with dozens of results. So in thinking about how many breweries there are <clears throat> and thinking about the, the city's history, does Pittsburgh have a beer identity?
2: Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, I think that uh, Pittsburgh has become a very cool beer town that I think doesn't get put on the lists as other more notable beer towns. Like you have Portland, Oregon, you have Portland, Maine, you have Denver. Um, those are, those are always going to get a lot of play. Um, but I think Pittsburgh does have, um, kind of a long history with beer and alcohol as a, as a whole. Sure. Um, and I mean, then, Iron City. Yeah. I mean, yeah. been around forever and that's, still a super popular brand and and what they've been doing and, um, their kind of growth and, and change since that company was purchased a handful of years ago has been like awesome. And they've, they've like really pumped into the city and, okay. and like, like grabbed onto Pittsburgh, which you know, it is, but they weren't even brewed in Pittsburgh. Now they're back to actually being brewed in Pittsburgh. But, um, yeah, there's like, there's pushing 50 breweries in the County, um, now. And, and I think, um, Everybody seems to do do pretty well, and, and people, yeah, it's a, it's for sure a drinking city. <laughs> Is there an identity though? Like, are there? When
0: I think about tight knit cities, and when I think about the way that people can rally around something local, there are consumer tastes that emerge. It seems, or people favor something, sure, you know. And I even think about like you know New England IPA in the last couple of years, and yeah. how that took over that section of the country and then sort of spread out. Right. Do you see anything here where
2: drinkers are steering you all? I think it's a, I, I honestly think it's a mix of everything. I mean, Hazy IPAs for sure are, are king and and kind of, I think, will remain king as they are in, in a lot of parts of the country. Um, but, you know, w- really anything. I, I've been surprised. Um, you know, personally, I really like loggers. I really like all aspects of it, from a production to a drinking to and everything. Um, and, you know, now that we have this space and, and we have more tank space and the ability to produce more lagers, um, that's the kind of route that, that we went into. And I was really surprised at uh, the reception of that, um, and you know, you you bring up Iron City, so like yeah. in that sense, like people understand that they they don't necessarily know the um, nuances between different German style loggers, but it's a logger, um, and yeah. that's that's they grab onto that. Um, but I mean, there's. Uh, i think a a lot of breweries do a little bit of everything i mean there's um we don't do any sours but there's there's sours here um they're doing a a really cool mixed culture fest here in pittsburgh next month um so there's uh, more and more breweries like really focusing on that aspect um and there's there's really no one that just does you know one single thing anymore um and I feel like, kind of as a collective, there's enough there's enough breweries in Pittsburgh, and we're we're close enough, kind of like as as a group, um, that almost like we kind of steer the ship a little bit. <laughs> so, um, you know, what we like and what what we're moving towards, the consumer kind of just jumps on. How have you communicated that to the consumer? Then, just like. Uh, from it, from any perspective of how we communicate anything, I mean, uh, whether it's, you know, we do a new weekly newsletter, which a lot of, a lot of folks do sure. social media, um, just kind of, um, having a voice and, and using it in, you know, what you said earlier in regards to passion, like caring about it and, and trying to educate why somebody else should care about it without being pushy in a sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I think that that comes through like in, in, uh, you know, I was talking to you about Kolsch earlier and, yeah. and I, I really like Kolch and I really wanted to do a, a Kulsh night and do Kulsh service. And we got Cronstrays trays and, and, and Stonjas and, um, I was like, and we opened a whole new day. We weren't open on Tuesdays and we decided to open on Tuesdays and do it. And, um, I for sure thought it was going to be, no one's going to come. Like there's going to be like five people. <laughs> this was or, an excuse like, for yeah, you to exactly, just get together with and, your buddies. And 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 try and, to, yeah. try to educate. And, um, it's turned into one of our best days of the week. So, um, Like solely on the back of Kolsch. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we don't exclusively do Kolsch on Tuesday, so you can come in and get pints, but, um, but yeah, it's really people, people seem to get behind it.
0: So who are you targeting here? You know, because like, I think about iron city and I think, you know, it can be, you know, for old salts. It can be for, you know, young folks who, you know, it's like a hipster brand in some ways, you know, or a tied to tied to the past. Um, you know, breweries like yours I are, you know, typically skew a little bit younger and now like middle aged is like we're all getting older. Yeah. Um, but who are you trying
2: to like who do you see in here? It's across the board. Yeah. Um and, and I think early on in the the original days of Dancing Gnome, we very much were um we were very much a beer nerd crowd. Like and, and that was that was by design. I mean, I I opened the place up. There wasn't a brewery that was in Pittsburgh, that was focusing on educated consumers. Um, you know, everybody was doing um, an American pale, and a red ale, and a brown sure. ale, and a stout, and um, or were in
0: some of the more touristy areas. You know, like I think about church, and I think about some of the right. other, you know, ones that I went to 20 years ago. Yeah.
2: And, um, which did what they had to at the time for sure. And and it, and it, it absolutely made sense. But like as, as beer was growing, you know, this was 2013, 2014 beer was growing and and changing. And, um, I was really into beer and studying beer and, um, I kind of saw that. So built dancing gnome. Um, with the idea that like this was going to be a place. If you were already into beer and you traveled for beer and you love beer, like this was going to be your place. And and that's what it ended up being. Um, and then as you know, we grew and changed. I very much wanted to be able to better reach the casual consumer that um, might not nerd out about beer, care about beer, um, in any way, shape, or form, but um, still be able to provide a product that they can enjoy in a space that feels comfortable. Being
0: was that a personal professional desire
2: or out of necessity or both I would say I would say both um definitely a a, a personal professional desire first that's why we started building out this space like pre-pandemic mm-hmm. um because we needed more space we needed more beer we needed more room and truly part of that build out and plan as we were figuring out you know what what is this growth trajectory and how, where do we want to be? Um, by design, it was like, okay, we're going to go into distribution as well. Um, it's going to be, you know, our, our bread and butter is always going to be the tap room and we're going to focus on the tap room and make sure to curate a really good experience in the tap room. But like, I want anybody in Western Pennsylvania to be able to drink our beers, um, and not have to come to the tap room. So Um, that was very much by design in that way. Um, and then the, I would say like now it it worked out in the sense that now it's by necessity in the sense that like COVID really changed consumer habits. Um, and you just adapt and change and it's been great, but, um, I'm I'm glad we were going that route beforehand. Yeah. What's leading the portfolio on shelves out in the wild in Western for us or for everybody? Well, for you. Um, Lustra for sure. That's our like house pale ale. Um, just a five point eight percent hazy pale ale. Um, it's about thirty five percent of our overall production. Wow. Um, and yeah, we we push that a lot, but it also for sure sells the most. Does that surprise you that it's a pale and not like I, a full full strength six percent IPA? I think I think it surprises other people more than it surprises me. Okay. Because that was that was also very much by design from day one, like I wanted Lustre to be dancing gnomes beer. Like that is, that is the. So this is that, the manifesto. Yeah. Like I was, I was putting everything in there and it was very important to me that it be a pale ale and not an IPA. Why? Um, cause it was more approachable to me. And I think, I think early on too, we didn't end up, we do a lot of very low ABV beers. Um, but one of, one of my like first iterations of business plan was to do like only low ABV beers um you man after so, my own heart yeah, yeah. And, it, and obviously it, it it didn't go that way especially um you know the consumers that we did have early on like they wanted doubles they wanted triples so like i gave it to them but yeah um the plan was to do to do very low abv stuff so but um, while
0: you were doing those doubles and triples were you still kind of like okay you've had two of those now here Lustra. yeah, a yeah like, for sure um we,
2: we always we now we always have lustre like we never don't have it on sure cans well, you have to if it's thirty-five percent. I mean, that'd right. be catastrophic yeah. if you didn't. And um, back in the day, we, we brewed it all the time, but like it would sell out, and then we'd have to you know wait a couple weeks until, until it came back. But we always try to have um, we basically like table beers, but we call them petites. Um, so a petite IPA, uh, we'll go as low as we go as low as two point eight percent um ipa petite pails um that's just basically dependent on the, the makeup of the beer but um yeah and and you'll i mean we have we have a regular who comes in here and like pretty much exclusively drinks doubles um and he's not picky he's not a beer nerd he's just a local <laughs> no he just want he just wants to get hammered yeah, yeah. and like and recently not he's disparaging uh, it, for yeah, sure yeah and and recently um he's been grabbing like we have a uh Uh, just American golden ale. We call it called elk artist. It's just two row and centennial. It's a really easy beer that tastes like beer. Um, Just a little bit craftier, I suppose. Uh, And he's been like ordering that. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm so surprised. He's like, it's a great beer. And I'm like, it is a great beer. I tried to tell you that three years ago. Um, But yeah, it,
0: I wonder though, because as I'm coming out more and more to the bars, to being out and it's one thing to be at home or when I lived in the city being able to walk home at night and like being like, sure, like 7%, like I'm gonna be angry at myself in the morning, maybe, but like, what the hell? Um, But now when I do have to drive or, you know, I'm also been drinking like heavier ABV stuff at home, like I'm finding lower I've always enjoyed lower, but like I'm finding that I, I really am gravitating towards that for sure, you know, more and more and more. Yeah. And I mean, clearly with, with that, with that customer, you're seeing that just over your bar top.
2: Yeah. Which, with, without a doubt. And I think, I mean, we're all getting older. I mean, yeah. you can't drink like you were 22 anymore. Sure. So, um, I think that that's part of it too, is, um, you know, I, none of us promote the idea of, of, drinking for the alcohol, but, sure. but it is a factor it's for sure. sure. And sure. it's going to happen. So, um, yeah, understanding and maturing and, um, changing your drinking habits because of it, uh, are great.
0: Let's talk about lustra
2: sure. uh, just to sort of get back
0: to that for a second. Yeah. Cause like you, this is what you had in your mind as you want the, the, the brewer to be known for, mm-hmm. um, what's in it and how, how is it? Evolved since you first conceived it to where it is now.
2: Yeah. So um, it's a Citra Amarillo 5.8% hazy pale ale. It has not evolved that much other than just like um, in growing both myself as a brewer as well as like adding team and um, being more professional with better gear and stuff. Um, Slight tweaks that I just think it's really dialed right now. Um, but as far as like what it is, it was always a Citra Amarillo paleo. Um, how many people come in and and ask you how come there's no mosaic in it? (laughs) Well, we usually have a bunch of beers (laughs) with a mosaic in it. So they'll, they'll be, they'll be satisfied. But, um, yeah, luckily not. We do, we do list the hops on the board too. So like that, um, which I guess we don't need to anymore, but back in the day we got the question so many times, like what hops are in this that it was like, let's just put it on the board. Um, that well, I mean, way if you, if you were to trying ask. to
0: build for the beer nerds, then, yeah, then it made they wanted sense. to know it. And yeah. You know, yeah. Uh...
2: Tried to put as much info as we could, but, um, <laughs> I can really taste the, the citra that was added first as opposed to, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we we do a beer. Um, we have a single hop IPA series called Jam. Okay, and uh, and it's just named after the hops. of so Citra Jam, Simcoe Jam, mosaic Jam, whatever. And uh, every year, it started as a joke, but there's a, a guy in Sharpsburg who um, makes sweet potato pies, and so it. Thanksgiving, we did yam jam and just, he like roasted us a bunch of yams and we threw them in the mash and, um, the, the untapped were great. Like you'd get like, Oh, really taste the yams. And like someone would be like, not enough yam. And, it, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, there's, there's like, it's, 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 it's just an IPA. Like it's a super hoppy IPA. You're not going to taste any yam at all, but, um, yeah. It's yeah. More mouthfeel than yeah else, right? I thought yeah. It was funny.
0: But. All right. So, but on, on then on Luster though, so yeah. it hasn't changed much. No, um, not much.
2: What do you like about the, the dual hop combination? Um, it's, it's super citrus forward. Um, and you know, now that we can select crops too, that's like really helpful. Sure. Um, cause we, we can like pick our, especially with Amarillo, like citrus, citrus, um, there's a ton of lots of Citra, but like for the most part, it's Citra. Yeah. Um, but Amarillo has such a wide breadth of character. Yeah. So, I mean, being able to select the one that works for what you're aiming for the beer is awesome.
0: So, we're coming up on harvest in a couple of weeks, yep. um, two months. But yeah. um, what do you
2: look for? What for Amarillo? I mean, what is. Yeah, super bright, vibrant orange is like what I want out of it. Um, like tangerine as heck, um, just all citrus, like, and it runs the gamut. I mean, you'll have, anytime we've done selection on Amarillo, it's like, you'll get a cut that is just like so earthy and herbal. And then you'll get one that's like in the middle with some citrus tones. And then you'll get one that's like an absolute blast of citrus. And like, that's what I like. That's what you um, like, yeah, yeah. And then, um, I just think it works. It's not, and with, with, you know, the combo, um, it's not it's not overwhelming. There's not two, it's not one dimensional, but it's not, you know, so multidimensional that you're like, Oh my gosh, this is like blowing my mind. Yeah. Like, I think it's just a, a, a solid beer that you can very much be like, wow, this is really good, but also just forget about it and keep drinking pint after pine. For 35% of your portfolio though. And
0: for how much that hop is in demand, are you able to select enough lots yeah during selection to get you so that you know there's not going to be the variation that somebody's going to show up at some point and be like "Ah."
2: yeah yeah it's it um and that hasn't every once in a while if uh i don't know something happens with ordering or whatever and i need to like grab a box off of like a friend somewhere yeah um every once in a while you'll you'll get a crop that you can like kind of notice a difference okay but it's it's it'd be one where a national brand would be concerned about, but like it's still an agricultural product and we're still like for all intents and purposes, we're a small brewery. So, um, you know, the consumer, the consumer doesn't know nearly as much, wouldn't recognize it nearly as much as we do. Mm -hmm. Um, unless you like it, that's the beer you exclusively drink. But, um, there is going to be a little bit of variation just by default of like not having the, the lab components or blending components that like a huge brewery would have. Yeah.
0: More in just a moment, but first, thanks to the companies that help keep us on the air. Cigar City Brewing has taken inspiration from beyond the cosmos for Cosmic Crown, a golden-hued strong golden ale, and added galaxy hops to impart passion fruit and peach qualities to its profile of ripe fruit and light peppery spice. Learn more at CigarCityBrewing.com. And Stomp Stickers is a reliable resource for printed items such as beer labels and boxes, keg collars, coasters, and more. Visit stompstickers.com and use code BEEREDGE15 for 15% off of your first order. And now, back to our conversation. As you think about the continuing evolution of the brewery, where, where do you want to
2: put your efforts? Um... That's yeah. tough. I want to, I want to, uh, I definitely, I want to reopen our old tap room or open a new tap room that is like completely different conceptually. Um, I initially wanted to do it like a very logger focused spot, but, uh, that was when I thought that no one would drink lagers here and now yeah. like, you know, half our board is lagers. So yeah. it's like, oh well, there's no need to open up a dedicated space for it. Um, I don't know.
0: I'd still come visit.
2: Yeah. And, um,
0: I mean, it's working for beer stamp. Yeah, definitely.
2: Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm always thinking about that. Um, and that's, I, I wanted to, uh, basically get this place to a level of autonomy where it's not something that I'm thinking about all the time. We're like, um, you know, this, this, we're coming up on a year of opening here. Um, that's that was October we opened last year. And so I think that, um, we're not too far off of this place being able to just like run on its own. Um, and that's when I'll really start to sit down and focus on what I want that concept to be. Um, but would you do different beers
0: at the different concept or same beers, just different aesthetics,
2: different, I think different beers and not all ours. Okay. Um, like lots of guest taps. How important is
0: the aesthetics of this place I I, I before we started recording. Uh, I I think I described it as uh, Very clean very sparse uh, But still somehow very welcoming. Yeah, uh, or something along those lines for sure uh, Do the beers match the space does the space match the beers and 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 how important
2: is that? I think I think they I think they go together for sure um, and in this space the design of this space was kind of a taking taking our old space and expanding it and making it much brighter um and uh obviously there's a lot of plants in here um yeah and you know that that feels comforting i think for for a lot of folks um and then in regards to the beer i think that my my goal and thoughts with our beers has always been and it should it should be everybody's like quality first, like high quality product, excuse me. But like we've never, not never cause we have, but like for the most part, dancing Gnome beers aren't weird. You know, we're trying to, we're trying to hit specific flavors based on, on, on traditional styles and, and like traditional brewing. Like obviously New England style IPAs aren't traditional, but there's um, a big difference between utilizing those techniques and making um, an enjoyable beer versus making like a milkshake beer out of it, you know? So, um, I think that the, the space and the beers go hand in hand in that way that it's, um, clean and easy to consume. Would it be out of character if you did
0: a milkshake where your regulars would feel weird about it?
2: I don't know. I think I think maybe. Um, we've never done one. We used to do fruited sours, um, and yeah. I stopped, stopped doing that in 2019. But um, And that was consumer-driven, and that's why I stopped doing it, because I was like, I hate doing this, and it doesn't feel like it's a part of the brand. And But they always sold, and finally I just made the call, like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not going to do it. And so we, we would get asked every was once in a, a while. Was there pushback? Yeah. I, well, it kind of just – faded away. <laughs> okay. I mean, and that was like right before COVID too. So our last one was December, 2019. Right. It so that's I did it. yeah. And that was the, like, I was like, I'm not making one in 2020. And then with COVID, like no one really thought about it. Um, and then I think I like tweeted, like it's been a year since I made underscore. And then people, every once in a while, someone's like, Oh, this is my last one. And I'm like, why'd you hang on to that for so long? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's
1: not,
0: uh, yeah, that's, that's, excuse me. yeah, that's not something to be proud of. That's, um,
2: uh, but we'll, we'll, we kind of joke about bringing that back, but I don't know. I think that, I think that I think that people would definitely be confused. Um, I I don't feel like it's part of our portfolio necessarily, but I also, I've never, I've always believed that beer is so incredibly subjective that no one's wrong. You know, and I'll agree with you on that. Just if you like that, that's awesome. Yeah. And you're not
0: going to yuck somebody else's yum or anything along those lines. But, at the craft brewers conference this year in Minneapolis, I was talking with a bunch of brewers and planning and they're saying, you know, well, what are you going to do? And it's like, Oh, well, we're going to do AZ IPAs. We're going to do kettle sours and we're going to do, you know, pastry stouts. And it's like, why? It's like, well, that's, that's what people want. And that's, that, that's what out there. It's like, is that what you want to do? And, and then no, but, and then dot, dot, dot. And they would like, tell me what they wanted to do. It, it strikes me as a fairly bold step in this day and age when sours or at least popular in conversation, I I don't know if it actually bears out to like how many people want to be drinking, you know, heavily fruited sour, like, like on a regular basis and places that I've seen that have, you know, opened up around that style, trying to capture something have been kind of shocked that it's not, you know, that they're not retiring on their Scrooge McDuck or whatever it is. Um, But it strikes me as a bold step to say, I don't like making these. I'm just going to stop making these.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I think part of that too is that, um, there's enough in the city. I mean, there's, there's breweries all around that do it and still do it and do it pretty well. So like, why, why do we need to do it? Right. You know?
0: But they, I, I think there could be some ownership fear of, well, yeah, but then those people are making the, the dollars that I could have made. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I have a mortgage and I have my, yeah, but I, I mean, that's probably
2: the wrong attitude. Well, I mean, I, it's a fair attitude to have. Luckily we didn't have to worry about that. Okay. So, um, it was very much, it's not like it was, it it wasn't a beer for us. We only did one. It was called underscore and it had different fruits in it. So it was underscore raspberry underscore passion fruit underscore, whatever double underscore. Yeah. And then then we started bringing out double underscores and that was (laughs) problematic. But, um, (laughs) We didn't, we didn't All. it's not like we reasons. always yeah. had it on, you know? Okay. So it's like, it was something that, um, we'd bring out, it would sell out immediately and another one would come out three or four weeks later. Uh, and it was, It's. it was a pain, you know, kettle, How sou- so? kettle, kettle souring, uh, well selling it wasn't a pain, but, um, okay. kettle souring's a pain. Um, you know, these ones were unfermented fruit. So, um, we, we had a process down that, um, worked really well where like we never had issues with exploding cans or anything. They would referment, but none of them ever would explode. Um, so you know, you had that aspect where consumers, uh, our consumers were knowledgeable enough to know what they needed to do with it because of it. And there are other breweries in the country doing this successfully and unsuccessfully. So, um, but I would never do it now, especially because, you know, you can't tell somebody that you have to keep a beer cold or it's going to go bad. Like, that's crazy. I mean, you should keep beer cold anyways. But yeah. um, the idea that, like, oh, keep us in the refrigerator, the lid's going to pop off just seems crazy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but there's been enough breweries that have convinced
0: consumers that this is their responsibility as opposed for to sure. stuff going out of the door at a brewery that, you know is a, is a countdown clock.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, well, I mean, I guess maybe they'd say that too. It, it would be like, if we, if we put out, I don't know, you, you put out, if we put out a batch of luster that oxidized in three weeks, like we would recall that, you know? So why, why wouldn't you with a beer that explodes? But you're right. But that's but that was, I guess that's the benefit of being able to do direct to consumer and having a very specific consumer base um, is that there is that educational component where you they you're putting it in the hands of the people that understand it um, versus like sitting it on a shelf and, and buying it there where anything could happen. Yeah. So. Um, yeah i don't i don't miss it at all uh maybe someday we'll I, I would bring back like a legitimate berliner vice like a fruited berliner yeah um i would i would do that and or just a just straight maybe, up maybe maybe like call it again but um just yeah get, like, let's uh, get woodruff back Wood- yeah, then, yeah we yeah. have a bottle of that do you yeah. Yeah. um the there's a german club here in pittsburgh called Teutonia manor Corps and they gave us some that's so uh, good yeah it is good it's it, so good it is, it's is unlike is that anything lemke else? that makes one uh lemke uh, keith, makes a, a, a keith and uh Uh, Or is that a brewery? Lemke is a German brewery. Okay. I
0: was thinking of uh, Keith Lemke, formerly of Siebel.
2: Oh. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They make Um, one? Yeah. A Wolfram one. Yeah. Uh, It's like 3%. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. I judged at the New York
0: State uh, competition, like whatever their guild is, the Empire Cup or the Governor's Cup or something. uh, And it was a great competition. I'm not like saying this to dismiss it. Um, And one of the two winning beers was a Berliner with woodruff nice and it was almost unanimous at the table where we were split between a brown ale and a Berliner, a traditional Berliner with woodruff, and when it was over, it was like, holy shit, like this is first of all a table full of beer nerds that yeah, just want sure. like quality drinks, you know, but two, I miss Woodruff syrup like yeah. it's just
2: yeah, yeah, and I, that's like I feel like unless you've been there have any kind of uh I don't know, international understanding of that stuff. Like, so many people don't even know what that is. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate because it's so good. <laughs> it really is. And uh, it's just, it's sort of tough to describe. Could I steal another one of those while well, we're still. Yeah, yeah of the course. Of off. course. Sorry.
0: This is a really good Kolsch. Um appreciate it. Kolsch style.
2: Because you're trying to be. Yeah, I've given it up, but technically, yeah. It should always be called Kolsch style.
0: Do people who come here on Tuesday nights enjoy the theater of it all? Or just that saying is just keep showing up until they say yeah. no mass. I, yeah.
2: I think it's mostly that. and I think it's, <laughs> I think it's mostly just to like have a reason to go out on a Tuesday and do something different, you know? Yeah. Um, cause we don't, you know, we don't, we do have gravity kegs, um, that uh-huh. we, we have set up before, but, um, it's kind of a pain in this setup. Uh, okay. It's, it's easier just to have it on tap and, and fill the cron's tray and, and go from there. Um, so it, there, there's not a ton of theatrics in it, other than walking the tray around, um, and even then, it's like it's pretty low key and chill. But um, yeah, I guess they like the idea of not having to come up to the service counter. And but I mean, it's only six point seven ounces of beer, or something like that. I know it's, yeah. it's twenty centiliters, so um, it's not a lot. I feel like I could, I would just be like next, next yeah, next. yeah. I had about
0: three hours once in Cologne uh, with my family around Christmas time and they were all doing the markets and I was like, I need to go and I need to have like proper culture. And I was very much that boorish American that was really trying to cram in like as many glasses (laughs) as I could just so that I could have the experience of, you know, getting out there. And you know, when my bar tab came, when I was finally like, I really have to go meet the family and I was like, holy shit, that's a lot of ticks on the piece (laughs) of paper that is like well done, but also not well done at all. Um, yeah. but I also enjoyed the experience of it, of like glass empty and like, boom. And it's like, you're not even asking. And yeah, it's yeah. just kind of fun.
2: Yeah. And it is the, 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 the ticks are, I guess do serve that purpose as well. Being like, well, I had enough. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if your vision starts to blur and then yeah. it's double, then that'll cut you off. Um, I wanted to jump back to your low ABVs, your 2.8s. Yeah. Um, There's been a bunch of breweries. I mean, obviously non-alcoholics are rising and are not the jokes, excuse me, that they used to be. Sure. But there's something about three and sub three that I find very appealing, like as a drinker, especially if I'm out and in situations like this, and I know it's going to be a long day of like brewery hopping or, or whatever. Um, What I find missing a lot of the time is mouthfeel. Yeah, sure. You know, the, the aroma can be spot on, but then I take yeah. a
2: sip and it's like uh, in those smaller beers. You yes. Mean? Yeah. 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 So
0: how are you approaching, um, those just, particular beers? I'm not saying I haven't had any of yours, so maybe sure. they're, they're full bodied. Maybe they're not. I, I just,
2: yeah. And I think that that for us, that depends on which beer it is. Cause okay. some of them, um, some of them would be designed as being like a crisp summer drinking I don't know, I hate to say thin, but yeah. um, you know, mouthfeel wise, like, sure, like a lawnmower beer
0: I could get. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, but if we're more doing more hydration
0: like, than anything else. Yeah, yeah,
2: if we're doing like a three percent hazy, um, just a lot of residual dextrin, like okay. um, keeping the final gravity um, as high as possible. Um and, and this balance, like obviously, you know, don't don't make it sweet. But um that, that helps that goes a long way in, in helping with those.
0: So I probably jumped ahead a little bit. So how are you approaching making a two point eight percent beer? Like, oh, like, like, like what's your what's your goal?
2: Yeah, I, 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 I it's um, a low ABV beer that you can uh, drink a lot of that feels like you're drinking a seven percent beer. Maybe not seven, but five and a half, six. Okay, feels like you're drinking a regular IPA, um, but you can go play eighteen holes and have. I'm not going to give a number. I don't. Yeah. Whatever. One of yeah. uh, yeah. No, but you a know, a beer I mean? every like, other yeah, hole. Yeah. yeah, it's at you know at two point eight three percent. Like, it'll eventually catch up to you. But yeah. at, that, at that point, it's like you have to drink a lot of it quickly um, for that to happen. So, um, just that it's kind of yeah, kind of session beers and. Um, kind of what we said before about yeah, you know, but going can, away but from doubles. session has a different connotation these
0: days. Like session is still in that four. some people will even go up to five, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah. But, but that sub three, I, I don't even want to call those session beers because I think, I think that definition is already taken.
2: Yeah. And I, I think, um, yeah, folks, folks are into them. I mean, they don't, they, or do you want to change the definition? The, we call them petites, right? Um, petite pale, petite IPA, whatever, whatever it is. I I think, um, as far as defining it, no, I just want, I think I just want, uh, I think it is a good, like, um, not step, but, uh, you know, don't, you're not drinking NA, but you're, it's low enough that, um you're not getting blasted or having to worry about, about consuming it as far as definition. I don't know. Um, but people seem into them enough. Yeah.
0: Is there a, there's a certain expectation when you mentioned hazy IPA, there's a certain expectation of those styles for mouthfeel for body, for hop aroma, for ABV. Um, and then also for price point, uh, as well. Um, are Petites, can they penetrate into that broader category? Yep, 100%.
2: Um, we we sell them at the same, in regards to like business and cost, we sell them at the same cost as a regular IPA. Um, there's minimal less ingredients. Obviously, you're using less grain, but mm-hmm. grain is the cheapest of any of the ingredients outside of maybe water. Um, but, uh, and realistically, uh, my thought on that, from like a sociological perspective and a psychology perspective is that you don't want to diminish the quality of the product based on the price. So like if you're buying a sixteen four pack and you see something for 14 or 12, like there, there is a tie that like that product might not be as good. Um, not that everybody consciously thinks that because they don't, Mm -hmm. but, um, that's, that's kind of why we do it that way. And they still have a ton of hops in them. So, and that's the most expensive ingredient. So, um, in that regard we do, but, uh, but you know, on the opposite end of that, like loggers take so much time and, um, they're not, they're not expensive, but they're not inexpensive because of the time that they take. If you're doing them appropriately. Um, and those we sell at a pretty inexpensive price point just because, People see logger and they just I don't know automatically assume it should be in a thirty rack. Yeah. But, so that's tougher.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, again, it goes back to Iron City with that yeah. with that with that thirty rack. Um, are you seeing the local pride come through from non-craft drinkers for what you're doing and for what the others are doing?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think they they kind of have to be a convert though. Um, in the sense that I think that there's, I think that there are folks that would never come in here and would never drink dancing gnome, but they live across the street and they're like, I'm really glad you're in Sharpsburg, you know? Um, so they don't come in, they're not going to drink it. They're going to drink their icy light, yeah. but they're supportive of, of what we're doing. Can you ever get
0: them in? Is there anything that you can do that you think? Cause it seems like you're, you're going to have to walk further into the middle of the street than than they will.
2: Yeah. I think, um, from my perspective, like I don't worry about getting them in because like every, everybody has their place. Um, and I would rather, um, you know, someone who's someone who's going to a local native dive bar and spending a dollar 52 bucks a bottle. Yeah. Um, they're never going to come in here and that's, that's okay. You know, like I don't, I don't need to change their habits just yeah. as, and just as I wouldn't want them to change mine. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, the good thing, uh, about uh, alcohol consumption as well is you always have new audience like yeah. every year you have a that's new true. audience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, they're every day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Trying to, yeah uh, yeah, you're right. Every day. Yeah. There's not one birthday. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So try a to, hell of a party. If trying to was, educa- yeah. educate the, the younger consumer as well and get them excited about it. Because even though they might not have expendable income now, but they will eventually. Um, so I don't know, kind of following that along as we're sitting here and I don't want to, uh,
0: step too uh, outside of, uh, a, 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 a scope. Um, uh, you're wearing a short sleeve t-shirt and, uh, you're heavily tatted, which yep. is, which is great. There's a lot of ink and I'm seeing hop cones and I'm seeing some other things. And then I'm seeing a candle being burned at both ends.
2: <laughs> yeah. I love that one.
0: What do you love about that one?
2: Um, it's, uh, it's just life. It's like everybody's life, you know? Um, I'm, I'm envious of those that don't feel like they're a candle burning at both ends, but, um, you yeah, know, I'll take and celebrate it and be safe.
0: I mean, you're getting close to 10 years in, and there's burnout that can happen there is fatigue there's exhaustion there's there's all sorts of other things as well um you know we we talk a lot about like the 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 fun side of stuff we talk a lot about the ingredient side of stuff um you know but i mean you're you're literally wearing a reminder permanently on there is is there balance
2: Yeah. I, I think that, uh, I, I really hate to say, I like genuinely hate to say this, but I think that a lot of people can understand where I'm coming from and not, not take it the wrong way. COVID was insanely beneficial for that for me. Um, like of, of allowing me to find balance. Um, and now that we're hate to say on the other side of it, but in the sense of like things are back open and people are out, so we're on the other side of it. We've accepted it. Um, yeah, it, it makes it a lot easier to make appropriate decisions to stay balanced. Um, you know in in the sense that in 2019 we we did a fest all over the world every weekend all the, I was gone all the time and so you're gone for the weekend you're at these fests you come home you have a, a, a week of work sometimes only three or four days of work so you got to cram it all in and then you're offline to do another one and I, I think part of its FOMO and part of it's that you're you're proud to be alongside these other brewers and, and be seen this way. And then it's like, when you, we, I took a step back and I was like, where, where's the benefit for dancing? in this? Like there's people two miles away from us. that have no idea who we are and they actually could come consume our product. So I think that those, that year and a half or two years of not being able to go anywhere, like helped me refocus on what I wanted to do with the brand and, and how I wanted to operate. Um, so now it's like, I'm totally fine saying no to festivals and picking the right ones that make sense for us. And, um, yeah, so that's been, I'm much. And I think the other thing too, is I realized that no matter I'm going to leave at the same time every day, no matter how early I come in. So why should I come in at 5am? Yeah. Cause I'm not going to, I'm not going to leave at one or two. If I come in at five, I'm still going to leave at four or five. Right. So just come in later. <laughs> like, it's stuff's still going to get done. Um, so and you know, I have a great team. Um, yeah, my team is wonderful. So,
0: what's the right kind of festival for you now, then, in twenty
2: twenty two and beyond? Um, I think I think that um, anything that actually can benefit the business long term from a revenue perspective, um, yeah. which you know it, it, it's a business. Unfortunately, we have to think that way. Um, so it's it makes way more sense. I mean for 3 years we we there was one local fest we'd say yes to because it was an awesome fest and they like let me they would they let me pour the fest before we were even open okay. to like get Dancing Nova's name out and they I always really appreciated them for that. So we always did that fest. That was the only local fest we would do. We said no to all local fests. And I was, that's so dumb. Like why <laughs> like in retrospect it's like that's like the worst decision I could have ever made. Right. Um so now it's like really focusing on on local in western Pennsylvania. Um focusing on stuff that um, me or, or the crew, the brand is, is happy about. So like we did a bunch of logger focus this past fall. Um, and then, you know, picking a handful that are, um, put on by, uh, like true friends in the industry. Um, and those are the ones we'll travel to and, and make sure to prioritize because they're, they've become really close friends.
0: Uh, is there a fest coming up that you are particularly jazzed about?
2: Wavy days in Portland, Maine. Um, I don't know that yeah, one. Yeah, it's uh, Mass Landing's putting it on. Okay, um, I know them. Yep, yeah. love those guys, and I love Portland so much. And so um, any, any excuse to get up into Maine, uh, I will take. Okay. Uh, well, be on the lookout for that.
0: Yeah. On the show, I've been asking people, that's the final question of are you familiar with the show The Good Place?
2: I'm familiar with it, but I don't watch it.
0: Okay. Yes. In the final season of The Good Place, there is a concept introduced of a green door. And you can walk through a green door and be anywhere at any place in time with anybody that you want to to be with. Oh man. And so if such a door was here on our plane of existence and we finish this conversation and you could walk through it and be in any brewery or any pub anywhere in the world. Where would you want to go? Who would you want to be with? And what would you like to be drinking?
2: Oh man. Um, this one's really hard, but really hard. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of really good places, but I am, I'm, I'm going to, Part of it's lame because it's right here in Pittsburgh, um, but Piper. <laughs> you don't need Piper,
0: a you don't need a green door. You need the bus. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: <laughs> but Piper, but Piper's pub it never uh, it has it has yet to it. reopen um, after COVID. Okay, and it was um, it was a Scottish pub that was just the the best and uh, how so? Comfortable, familiar, the same faces all the time. You knew the bartenders, you knew the cooks, you knew the staff. They were open as early as they could, seven days a week, all holidays. How early is early? Um, they op- on the weekends. It was whenever the first soccer game started, which was usually like six thirty or seven a.m. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think you can st- start serving alcohol at seven a.m. Except on Sundays, it's nine. Um, and then. Yeah, they'd be open till two, but it was never a rowdy. It was never a rowdy kind of bar, except like when World well, Cup we, was on or like course, soccer yeah. was on. And um, yeah, great people. Great, great beers. They had, you know, English beers, German beers. They had uh, local beers as well. Um, turned them well. Took care of the taps. Uh, cared about people. Food was great. It was just a great spot. It was just like a really good beer spot. That uh, It was always the place like we took out of town people if they came in. Um, you can just always count on Piper's being great and, uh, yeah, haven't, haven't been there since 20 early 2020. So I just, I miss it. Will
0: they open or is it,
2: it's tough to say. I mean, they, they have a, they have a second business that's beside it called pub chip shop, which is okay. like kind of the same food concept, just not just more like exactly that, like sandwiches and, and chips. Um, <laughs> Where the the actual where piper's had a, had a, a much larger menu that had like full Scottish dinners and stuff oh, okay like that. yeah but um that's open and that that never really closed um I don't know he's an interesting guy he's the 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 owner's he hasn't said he's not reopening it Okay. he just hasn't opened it and people will ask and he's like eventually all right so um I'm holding out all right but. Well, we'll get you on the green bus when it does. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Thanks for opening up early. Thanks for sitting down. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the the fun conversation and for being on the show. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Okay. A quick reminder that the Craft Brewery Cookbook is now on sale where books are sold. Get a copy today. And All About Beer is back online. Go to allaboutbeer.com to catch up with great content. If you want to keep in touch with me, if you have questions, comments, guest suggestions, you can email me. It's John Hall. That's J-O-H-N-H-O-L-L at Beeredge.com, or you can get with me on Twitter at John underscore Hall. Check out Beeredge.com for our This Week in Rauk Beer and defend Pilsner merch and follow along on social media at The Beer Edge. Of course, This Week in Rauk Beer is also online. The Facebook group is easy to search, and on Twitter and Instagram, it's at TW Rauk Beer. And we're able to bring you this show each week thanks to the companies that want to support independent journalism in the beer space. If you'd like to learn more about our surprisingly affordable rates, please reach out to sponsor at beeredge.com. And speaking of that, this episode is sponsored by Stomp Stickers. Stomp is a proud member of the Brewers Association that produces a wide variety of printed brewery products, such as beer labels, keg collars, coasters, beer boxes, and much more. Stomp's website features an easy to use design tool low-quantity orders, fast turnaround times, and free domestic shipping. Visit stompstickers.com and use code BEEREDGE15 for 15% off of your first order. And as promised, I'm back with Wayne Wombles. He's the brewmaster of Cigar City Brewing and the brewery as a sponsor of this episode. And of course, we're thankful for that. Wayne, we're talking about Cosmic Crown. This is the Belgian-style strong golden ale from the brewery. And we learned a little bit about it at the top of the show, but more philosophically, as a brewer and a drinker, what do you find yourself drawn to with this beer?
1: Well, I think it's one of our uh, more exciting newer offerings that we've put into the market recently because I really enjoy the complex uh, esters and, uh, and phenols that this e-stream produces. But uh, what I really like is I like the... The Galaxy Hop's interaction with that ester and phenol profile that the Belgian yeast produces. Um, and then having that malt sweetness there be balanced by the pepperiness of the yeast strain um, and how deceptively easy it drinks for a 9% beer. And, you know, it still has some tropical notes that you can expect from a lot of Cigar City brewing beers. But I really love that Galaxy with the Belgian yeast Strain. I think it works really well.
0: I dig it. Well, thanks, Wayne. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts. And I'm now going to encourage everybody to go visit CigarCityBrewing.com where they can learn more about Cosmic Crown as well as all of the brewery's other beers.
1: Excellent. Thanks, John.
0: Quick reminder, go check out the Beer Edge podcast with Andy Crouch. Still, this beer has new episodes every Monday, and the BYO Nano podcast comes out on the 15th of every month. And go visit allaboutbeer.com. As for this show, Nate Schweber does the music, Jeff Quinn designed our logo, and I'm John Hall. New episodes release every Wednesday, and that's when I'm going to be back again to drink beer and to think beer.